oh hi, I didn't see you there. Don't worry, I'm not gonna take up too much of your time. I know you clicked on this video so you could watch this video. I just wanted to remind you not to forget about the Drunk Panthers podcast, where me and my brother talk about sci-fi, horror, cartoons. But that's it, I just, I mean, I know you wanna watch this video, so just, just pretend I'm not here. Hello, you beautiful nerds. There's a new sci-fi action movie out there, and I'm shocked that everyone isn't talking about it, because this flick made me laugh, cry, laugh while crying, and cry while calling my parents. Because this movie is, if nothing else, emotionally enthralling. A lot of people, including myself, will watch a movie like Doctor Strange and be like, oh man, that movie was, like, that movie was so crazy. It was like an acid trip. But I'm here to tell you that anything else you've ever seen pales in comparison to this. Not sure if you've ever taken way too many mushrooms and gone completely outside of your mind and into another plane of existence, but your boy has. And trust me when I say that this is the closest a cinematic experience has gotten to making me feel that same way. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's let's talk about what we're talking about. So smoke some weed and have a drink. You're gonna need to be able to multitask because we're about to talk about it. But first, a prelude. In the year of our Lord, 1985, Hong Kong film production company Golden Harvest was at the height of their popularity, producing some of the most exciting action movies in the world, and it was in large part due to the insane stunt performers that were working in that era. Hollywood made attempt after attempt to replicate this style of filmmaking until they realized that if you want to make a great kung fu movie, you're going to have to go to the source. I know kung fu. There were tons of talented names that came up during this time that went on to change Western action films for the better. People like Matrix choreographer Yun Wu Ping, actor and choreographer Sammo Hung, megastar Jackie Chan, everybody knows Jackie Chan, and the criminally underrated Michelle Yeoh. Nowadays, when you hear that an actor did a lot of their own stunts, it has nothing on the shit that they did in 80s Hong Kong. These guys were pulling Tom Cruise level shit on a day-to-day basis. I mean, they were doing shit that would straight up be illegal now. Actually, most of it was probably illegal then. You see his body move in ways a body shouldn't move. And the doctor goes, oh yeah, you jumbled your internal organs. And I'm like, what? I jumbled my internal organs? What does that mean? I briefly mentioned my adoration for Michelle Yeoh in my Shang-Chi video, but let me take the time to put a little bit more respect on her name. Like I mentioned, the woman helped revolutionize Hong Kong action movies in the 80s by doing shit like this. Became the first Bond girl to actually kick ass. She's a Screen Actors Guild winner, nominated for BAFTA, should have won the Oscar that year. Sorry, Julia, but you didn't have to sob and console your dying partner while your leg was in an elevated brace off camera. Also, Aaron Brockovich isn't, like, it's not even that good of a movie. She's a National Board of Review winner, and she's a motherflippin' Star Trek captain. And I mention all that so you'll understand that when I say that this is a career performance for Michelle Yeoh, you know how serious that statement is. When I read the script, I thought, this is something I've been waiting for, for a long time. That's going to give me the opportunity to show my fans, my family, my audience, what I'm capable of. She is a legend in the game and has finally been given a chance to stretch and flex every acting muscle in her possession and she puts on a clinic. It follows a woman named Evelyn who is having a rough time. She's being audited by the IRS, her husband is about to serve her divorce papers, and she's one bad conversation away from being estranged from her queer daughter. Evelyn is going through a lot right now and the film does a remarkable job of making you feel the heightened sense of overwhelming urgency that is ever present 
in our main character's life. She's spinning a lot of plates and you really feel like all of her problems are equally important, but you also get the sense that because she isn't able to give her undivided attention to any one thing, whether it be a daughter, her husband, her father, or her business, she runs the risk of losing all of them. This flick has a nuanced and riveting story ripe with themes of family, sexuality, and regret. And it really makes you feel for everybody involved. It puts you in a place where you have no idea how or if Evelyn is going to be able to get out of this mess, and that's before the plot even starts to get nutty nuts. So it turns out that a version of Evelyn from another universe discovered the ability to cognitively travel across the universe. When Alphaverse Evelyn is studying her new technological achievement, one of her protégés was pushed way past the brink until they gained unlimited power but lost their mind. After discovering that the protégé turned evil dimension manipulator known as Jobu Tupake is actually her daughter from another dimension, Evelyn is forced to step way outside of her comfort zone to save her daughter, her marriage, and maybe, maybe even the multiverse? Oh, and there's also a multi-dimensional everything bagel with literally everything on it. This film was very reminiscent of The Matrix. Not just because of the whole aspect of learning abilities with the tap of a button thing, there are some noticeable visual references to the first Matrix film as well. The exposition is also delivered in a similar way as The Matrix. The movie tends to tell you an aspect of how the world works, which barely makes sense when you hear it. Then they show you how that thing works and you're like, oh. Okay, that tracks. That makes sense. One thing that separates it from movies like The Matrix and other, like, really introspective sci-fi movies, this is way funnier than you would think. Much like the exposition or the action, the comedy is delivered at neck-breaking speed, but it doesn't feel like you're being bombarded with non-funny joke after joke like some of these more irritating Marvel comic book movies. There's a fine balance of comedy, drama, suspense, and action, but the comedy just comes out of nowhere sometimes. The unexpected nature of the comedy not knowing when or where the next joke is, only enhance the effectiveness of the humor. The fight scenes are magnificent. The choreography was wonderfully inventive, and the directors and the DP really know how to capture the action in a fun way. There are some budgetary restrictions that you don't really notice that much. It's not until the beginning of the third act that I realized that this movie was basically going to take place in one location. That doesn't matter, though, because these filmmakers created something that feels as big as a superhero blockbuster at a fraction of the cost. Ge-Ui Kwan was a motherfucking beast and his performance as the quiet, unassuming Waylon made the switch to the Alphaverse Waylon that much more jarring. It filled my heart with joy to see the actor who played Short Round from Temple of Doom in this movie and it made me even more joyful to see him kicking so much ass. Speaking of joy, let's talk about Stephanie Hsu as Jobu Tupake. Her performance was so fantastic. The character of Joy is so emotionally and mentally tortured that her main goal is just to find someone to empathize with her. She's doing a lot of evil shit, for sure. But it's just the ultimate cry for help. She's literally seen all there is to see, and now she's hoping someone else who's had the same experience will tell her that there's a reason to live. She's like a dangerous, actively nihilistic version of Chidi after he saw the time knife. I, I just saw a trillion different realities folding onto each other like thin sheets of metal forming. A single blade. Yeah, yeah, the time knife. We've all seen it. The most touching part of the story is the relationship between Evelyn and Joy. Throughout most versions of each other, they have a pretty strained relationship. 
but after Evelyn has her epiphany, not even being an inanimate object keeps her from connecting with her daughter. The movie recognizes that Evelyn isn't perfect though. Like I mentioned earlier, she has all but neglected her daughter and it's not until she realizes the flaws in her own nature, with the help of her husband who is just the sweetest man in the world, that she can help save her daughter from her own despair. I'm not a mother or a daughter, but you know, I've seen fucking ladybird relationships between daughters and mothers are tough and they butt heads but this flick will make you immediately cry your eyes out and call the most important woman in your life there has never been a film like this before ever you don't often see an older asian woman leading an action film as we know old white dudes get this opportunity all the time old white dude revenge porn should be a genre in and of itself but this was an action film led by mostly people of color with a story as complex as inception this movie is aptly named because it had everything it was gripping captivating and moving in every sense of the word it's one of the few films i've seen that has utilized damn near every aspect of the film medium it managed to tell a relatable story while being wildly innovative and fascinating. If you told me that the directors of the turndown for what music video was going to make the best movie of the year, I would have told you to go fuck yourself. And I apologize for the version of me who did that. But I will genuinely be upset if this film doesn't get the respect and recognition it deserves come award season. As much as people were riding for Spider-Man to get an Academy Award for, I don't know, movie that made you cheer the most, movie that made you the happiest, movies, movie that had the most cameos. But the script and cinematography for this movie was far and away better than that of No Way Home. I know y'all love Spider-Man, but if we're giving an Oscar to a genre film, this is the multiversal horse I'm hitching my wagon to. The Oscars totally dropped the ball in the past when they had the opportunity to nominate or award best picture to a horror, sci-fi, or comic book movie. But hopefully this movie can generate enough buzz to get the flowers it deserves. Because I I highly doubt that there will be another movie that comes out this year that can manage to coherently cram in this much action, heart, despair, joy, and basically everything great about filmmaking in one movie all at once. My ranking, I loved it. Before you go, don't forget to like and subscribe to get new updates on videos and episodes of the Drunk Panthers podcast. And of course, my analysis of Joker. Sorry it's taking so long. I had to do a lot of research on that one to make sure I don't sound dumb. Well dumber than usual. But anyway, stay safe, my little everything bagels, and may the force be with you.